What's going on, everybody? It's Cooper and James, and we are from the back pens. James, how are you doing on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon? We're hanging in there. Uh, just went and got some stem cells put in yesterday, a little forward, just, just trying to recover. Excited to talk about some bull riding, though. Heck yeah. And, and it was a good weekend of bull riding. You know, they didn't ride as many bulls as they have been uh, at previous events, but the bull power was out in full force. I mean, just real quick and light on it. The bull power was, was the real deal in Oklahoma City. And it always is. Like we touched on last week, the bull power, when you're located in that southern region, south central region, center of the country, it's easy for the big time bulls to get there. And they showed up and showed out. For sure they did it. One thing that really caught my mind is, is this was kind of a normal weekend for the guys versus the first part of the year they were riding 50 or 60 in a weekend. And this is kind of a normal. There might be a few more, a few less. But what I got a real kick out of was I looked at the bucking bull at the year end but for the world champion bucking bull. And Jersey Tuff was a re-ride bull that just Lockwood had last week in Oklahoma City. And he's like in the top five right now. Bucking Bull of the Year, so that tells you how tough the pins were set for Oklahoma City. Yeah, it was a stout set of bulls, no doubt about it. We've got a good episode in store for you guys today. We're going to go over what happened in Oklahoma City. We're going to go briefly over what happened on the Velocity Tour last weekend, and we'll touch on a little bit of our rank ride, fantasy opinions, and takes. So without further ado, grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pins. So I think we'll start with our velocity tour minute. And I know we've been going a little longer than we probably should have on this segment in the previous episodes, but we're just going to go over it real quick. The Youngstown, Ohio velocity event winner was Colton Havelo, 258 and a half on three head. He was the only guy to ride three head at that event. And he earned 41 world points. The other velocity tour event was in Memphis, Tennessee. The winner of that one is Boudreaux Campbell. 176 and a half on two head. He earned 44 world points. There's only one velocity tour event this coming weekend. It's a one day or Knoxville, Tennessee. James, do you have any, any comments on our quick velocity tour minute? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm so proud of uh, Dakota Eagleburger who finished second to uh, Boudreaux Campbell. That guy needs to get going. That guy is so talented. He's from Missouri. And uh, so proud of Boudreaux Campbell. And the reason you see the 31 points and the 44 point difference there that Keep was just talking about was I believe Boudreaux Campbell won both rounds plus the average. So let's go into the UTB in Oklahoma City this weekend. Uh, they had a 15 15 bucking battle. They only got two bulls rode. The winner of the bucking battle, Jose Vitor Leme, 94 and three quarters. On riding solo of Cord McCoy's, he earned 59 world points for the effort. This was an electric ride, James. This was some big-time stuff. What did you think of this bull ride? I was watching it because I liked the way they had it scheduled this week, only because of the Super Bowl. You could watch both events on the same day as far as the 15-15 bucking battle, etc. But what a bull ride. That just made me think, Joe, so he's back. And then he just decided, I don't want to work the rest of the week. 
Yeah, you know, this was the only bull Jose got rode, which is a little surprising. Uh, really good day from riding solo. He got marked really high. He's an electric bull, and sometimes they don't mark him extremely high all the time. Like, sometimes he has those 44-point type days. But, boy, he was really good. I want to say they marked him over 46. I could be I mistaken so on that, but I'm pretty sure he was over 46. So this was an electric bull ride. And I was in the building for this. You could hear the crowd went crazy. I mean, it got really loud in there when this bull ride went down. So it's good to see Jose and Riding Solo putting out big-time efforts and and teaming up for a big-time score. And the other qualified ride in this bucking battle goes to Denner Barbosa. He was 88 on body count of Brandon Stewart's. He earned 48 world points for the effort. What did you think of Denner's, Denner's ride on body count? Denner just rides so good that he should be in the top five every year. And that guy, he just gets a little ahead of him. You know, I don't know much about body count, but I had him picked to win that matchup. Of course, in a normal 15-15 bucking battle, you'd like to see him closer to 90, but points are points. And when you when you got beat by 95 points or whatever, or a bunch of points, then points are points, and that's all that matters. So, you gain ground towards the world title, whether you win or lose, lose, you did your job. So that's all that really matters. So I'm proud of him. An interesting uh, side note on that bull body count. If you're a fan or watch Dale Brisby's content, that bull is in one of Dale's videos. So if you're if you're into that stuff, you can see body count in one of the episodes they're over at Brandon's place. So that's kind of an interesting side note on the bull. Is, is that one of him and JB's bull? No, but they they go over to Brandon Stewart's. They've got some calves over there and stuff, and they showed them in a video when they were over there. You're a round one winner from the actual event in Oklahoma City, Stetson Lawrence, 89 on big wave of D&H cattle. And Stetson took a little shot when he got off this one. His calf, he needed a bunch of stitches in there to stitch it back up. They weren't sure if he was going to compete in day two. He sure did, and he had a pretty dang good weekend. What did you think of his round one ride? Stetson Lawrence, I've been watching him since he first come on tour years ago, and by far this is his best year ever. I wasn't sure he'd come back either, but an 89-point ride or 89-and-a-half, whatever it was, I think it was 89 on the nose, to come back like that and have even a smile injury like that and to know, hey, i got to go get on another one. You know the season better than an athlete, so hats off to him. Yeah, it's good to see Stetson riding as well as he as he has and also you know the week before I, I think he had a little bit of a scare with his neck it sounded like and that really kind of was playing with his head so it's really good to see Stetson overcome that and show up and get his job done no doubt about it your round two winner Austin Richardson 91 and a quarter on Detroit lean of Blake Sharps this is a bull you usually see in the short round or 15 15s that just shows you what kind of bull power they had in Oklahoma City to have Detroit lean in a long go. And Austin Richardson gets it done on him, puts up a big-time number for a long-round score. What do you think about Austin Richardson's weekend? I didn't think that was going to turn out very well, but I'm so glad I was wrong because that was a phenomenal bull ride, and I'm so proud to be wrong every time I am when it comes to that because you got to vote root for the guys. And when they put out that kind of effort, how can he not stand up and just be, woo? And I know he was too, so. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a big-time bull ride. 
And like I mentioned, that's a bull that tends to be in short rounds or 15-15. So making the most of opportunities when they draw good ones and they put up big time numbers on them, that's got to make a guy feel super confident. Moving on to your short round, your winner, the only guy to ride one in the short round, I believe, Marco Aguchi, 90 points on first down from Hart Cattle Company and Tyler Ferris. This was just a solid ride from Marco. You know, it raised him up in the standings because he only came in on one head. So it got him some more world points out of the deal and just a really solid bull ride on this bull. What would you think of this ride? Oh, absolutely. I thought it was a phenomenal bull ride. There are certain guys in the bull riding world, and Marco Aguchi is one of them, but it just depends on which one wants to show up on that weekend. Over this past weekend, rather, Marco Aguchi wanted to show up, so he did, and he showed what he was capable of. You don't win the PBR World Finals by accident. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was that 18? I'm pretty sure it was 2018. You don't make those kinds of rides unless you're very, very talented, and he is, and he's a guy that should be in the top five for a world title every year but he doesn't show up every weekend to ride. He's a guy when, when he wants to be there and he wants to, wants to win, he can be pretty sticky. Uh, Marco's definitely got the talent to be a top 10 guy year in, year out. It's just if he can stay healthy and focused for an entire year. So let's move on to the top five from Oklahoma City. In first place, your event winner, Austin Richardson, 178 and three quarters on two head. He earned 126 world points. Pretty good weekend from this kid. You know, rode both his long round bulls, picked Wupa. He had the number one pick in the draft, picks Wupa. Didn't go his way, but Wupa had a really dang good day with him. And I, I was surprised to see him go to the right. And I'm sure it surprised Austin a little bit too. What'd you think of him in the short round on Wupa and just his overall weekend? For one thing, I was really impressed with Austin Richardson because I believe this was his first event back off of the injury. Some guys, especially at his age, being so young, that can play in their head. And he didn't let that bother him. He knows what he's capable of. And he went out there and, and rode one of the hardest bulls to ride in the PBR, I feel like, in Detroit Lean in round two. And then, yeah, he wishes he could have finished it off with a third score. But I believe that was his first ever career win. So he'll take it. Yeah, and I believe that was his first. UTB level win. I'm pretty positive of that. And it was good to see a young guy break the ice there, break through and get the job done and come out on top. In second place, Marco Aguchi, 175 and three quarters on two head. He earned 95 world points. Like I said, he came back from the pack. He only had one score going into the, the short round and he finishes in second. So that just shows you that those every bull matters especially, you know, in a short round situation where they're probably not going to ride very many of them. It really gives you an opportunity to make up some ground in the world standings. And that's what he did. what did you think about Marco's weekend? I think he had a decent weekend until the short round, typically an 85 and a quarter doesn't make the short round on one head, but it was just one of those weird weekends where a 54 made the short round due to an injury for Cody Dance in round two. So you just never know. And I think it all ties back into what we've said previously. The bull power here in Oklahoma city was outstanding. There was definitely not a lot of gimmies in the draw. They really made these guys earn, earn their points. That's for sure. 
In third place, Stetson Lawrence, 175 and a quarter on two head. Stetson earned 82 world points. This guy's on fire. I mean, he has been riding extremely good this year since he came back. A third place finish for him after winning Chicago. You know, he's just been solid. He's been getting a lot of bulls road. Got banged up Friday night. Says, screw it. You know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to compete and I'm going to get the job done. Saturday, didn't get his short round bull road, but still a really nice weekend for Stetson. Yeah, really good weekend, especially coming right back off of using crutches and then not even being able to get on the shark cage for his victory in the first round. And then come back and just to even make the whistle and make the short round on two is pretty impressive to me. So. Hats off to Stetson Lawrence, and I hope he can stay relatively healthy because this is not a marathon like normal. This is a sprint. And so that's what it's going to come down to is who stays the healthiest and the most consistent all the way through the world finals in May. Yeah, I think absolutely you're right there, especially on the healthy part. Staying healthy in this season is going to be very crucial. Two guys that are really making a world title push. In fourth place, we had Eli Vassbinder, 170 and three quarters on two head. Eli earns 49 and a half world points. Another solid weekend from Eli. He just keeps getting his bulls road. He didn't get his bull road in the 15-15, so it ended his streak. But to get two down in a weekend, this guy's just been consistent. He's consistent every weekend. He looks relatively healthy for the most part. I don't see this guy slowing down at all, do you? I don't either, and I also thought he drafted really, really well. I thought he was right. I think, if memory serves me correct, I think he got on Blackfoot Nation, but correct me if I'm wrong. That's a really, really good bull, especially the way Eli rides. Eli just kind of lets them do their own thing, and he just follows what they're doing. He's more dancing with them, whereas in an earlier go-round, uh, my buddy Gene Baker had a bull in the ABBI deal knocking boots that uh, Andrew Alvarez got on in round one, and this is kind of what I'm talking about. Eli just kind of lets them do their thing and kind of matches them, where sometimes those younger guys can get overly excited, and Boudreaux Campbell does it a lot. Sometimes they get overly excited and overly revved up and just override one, because Andrew would have been close to the round when had he rode that bull. And uh, he just overrode him. It happens to everybody. On to the next one. Yeah, I think Eli does a really good job of staying small and just kind of letting the bull buck underneath him, more or less. I think he does a really good job of that. You don't see him making a whole bunch of really big Hail Mary type moves. He just stays small, does what he has to do, and the results speak for themselves. In fifth place, the young guy, Bob Mitchell, 168 and three quarters on two head. Here in 42 world points. Probably the most impressive thing about Bob's weekend, in my opinion, is he was one of the last guys out in round two before the short round. He gets a re-ride, and he got banged around a little bit. It wasn't like he got out of there super cleanly. He was a little soared up, and he had about 10 minutes to get on his re-ride bull. He, walk, he goes out there, rides one that really wasn't that fun to ride. He traveled a long ways out there before he uh, picked his spot, Bob, he just kept hustling, got the job done, got two scores going into the short round. What did you think about Bob's weekend? Because I think this I've kid's been, for real. I've been so impressed by Bob Mitchell since well, before he ever even got on tour, to be honest with you. And if you want me to be real honest and put my annual hat on here, 
I don't know very many guys that would have got by that bull on that tour just because they're used to them just spinning. Just as soon as they open the gate, typically, one way or another, they might have a jump or two there that's kind of wild. But to go out that far and to get kind of lost and to not have a clue in the world, just keep up with him. And that's, that was a fight. He didn't, he didn't just dominate that bull. But he didn't necessarily just let the bull dominate him either. Had to talk to that kid, and I don't know who's coming up beyond that as far as rookie of the year, but how high is he going to climb before the season's out? Yeah, absolutely. I'm super impressed with Bob, as well as you are, like you said, and I don't see him slowing down because I think he can ride any kind of bull. I don't think it really matters for him if they go one direction or the other, or if they want to travel out there 50 feet before they pick their spot, because that's basically yeah. what the bull he had, his re-ride bull did. I mean, he traveled out dang near to the shark cage, picked a spot, and like you said, he was a little shook loose, but he just kept gassing it. So I think this Bob Mitchell guy is going to be around for a long time, and I think as he keeps getting more seasoned at that level, you're just going to see more success from him. Some notable bull scores from Oklahoma City. Whoopa, 46 and three quarters versus Austin Richardson in the short round. Outstanding trip from this bull with Austin. And he went to the right. He usually goes to the left. I think this might be maybe the second time I've seen him go right. I think he went right with Nalen Swearingen at the finals last year. But he's usually always to the right, but he had a really good day on Saturday night. What do you think? He did have a phenomenal day. I didn't think he had the world's best day at the 15-15 bucking battle, but that's where you know a bull truly is a world champion when they can come back and even be higher scores. Even the next day, you don't see that too often with a bull like Wufal, so that just impresses me more about that bull, to be honest, and I do think that was only the second time he went to the right. Maybe it's something that guys shouldn't prepare for him to go one direction and just ride, ride the up and down. Some other notable bull scores for the weekend. Pookie Holler of Chad Burgers, 45 and a half versus Kyler Oliver in the short round. Pretty solid trip from this bull. I mean, he kind of took it to Kyler a little bit, and this bull's not a day off by any means. I think this bull has potential to get into that Yeti Bull of the Year race, but sometimes he doesn't get marked what he probably deserves. There's a lot more going on there than what it looks like, I think, sometimes, and that's what hurts this bull scores. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that happens with, with certain bulls all the time. Like whoop-off trip, for instance, in the 15-15, it could be something as simple as accidentally getting a horn stuck in a gate or, or whatever the case may be, that the bulls just have no control over, just kind of a freak deal. But one thing I want to touch on about Kyle, Kyle Oliver that impresses me even more about him is he was not left with that bull. He chose that bull. And they were more rider-friendly bulls in that pen that would have fit him better, I feel like. But he was going for first in the go-round and in the event. Yeah, and that's a rematch. He got on this bull earlier this year. I can't remember what stop it was, but he had been on him before. So he obviously sees something in the bull that he likes, and he thinks he can be a bunch of points on him. Your other notable bull scores I have down for the weekend, Detroit Lean of Blake Sharps, 45 and a quarter with Austin Richardson around two and Jersey tough of heart cattle company, 45 and a quarter versus Jess Lockwood in round one and Jersey tough probably put the two-time world champ on the sidelines for a while. So 
pretty good outs from those bulls. I was impressed with both of them. Do you have anything to add on those two, James? Oh, no, those bulls are phenomenal. Josie Tuff, like I said earlier, was, I believe, still in the top five for bucking bull of the year. But, I mean, to put him in a rerod pen, it just goes to show you the power that was in Oklahoma City. Next, we'll move into our world standings. In first place, you have Joao Ricardo Vieira, 495 world points. In second, Kyler Oliver, he's 103 and a half points behind JRV. Third place, Stetson Lawrence, he's 178 points behind JRV. In fourth place, Dalen Swearingen, he's 186.84 points behind. In fifth, Eli Vassbinder, he's 200 and a half points behind JRV. In sixth place, Denner Barbosa, he's 216 and a half points behind. Seventh place, Luciano De Castro. He's 245 and a half points behind. In eighth place, Mauricio Morea. He's 251 points behind JRV. Ninth place, Dalton Castle, 260 and a half points behind. And in 10th place, Austin Richardson. He's 265 points behind JRV. What do you think about that top 10? Well, every one of them do for their own reason. Typically, this is not what a top 10 looks like. Cooper Davis is out with injuries, and it looks like Jeff Lockwood will be too. And you don't see Kate Checo up there because he's out with injuries right now. And I think we're leaving a guy out here by not mentioning the, the number 11 guy in the world. Shows you just how hard it is to win not only two world titles back-to-back, but to try to win three. If I had to pick one man that I've ever seen in bull riding, besides maybe one or two other ones, to actually do it, it would be Jose Vitor Lime. So interesting to see how fast he can climb up those standings. Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting to see the names in the top 10. They're a little different than what we're used to seeing, but that's great. You know, seeing some new faces succeeding is never a bad thing. So now I think we'll move on to our Rank Ride Fantasy portion of this podcast. You can find them at www.rankridefantasy.com, at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram, Rank Ride on Facebook, and Rank Ride TV on YouTube. Me and James, we're both weekly players. Uh, do you want to give a little rundown, just a quick rundown of the game, James? Sure can. It's uh, really simple. You have two guys for each tier and one bull for each tier, and then you just hit submit and hope they hope that you get six scores, basically. So in other words, you want to do better than what we did because we went 0 for 6. We did not get a qualified ride on any of our riders from our own from the backpens team last week pretty bad week for us but we're going to turn it around this week and i would just like to add yeah like rank ride is a really fun way to watch a bull riding it keeps you engaged in it and getting your friends involved is is the key to that deal i play a lot of other fantasy sports and playing against your buddies competing with your buddies is what makes it so fun right like i mean we all want to win and it's even better when you get to beat up on your best buddies and tell them how crappy they are at the game. So I would highly oh, yeah. suggest or highly recommend getting your friends involved, getting your own little groups going. I mean, it, it's a good time. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. And right now it's free to play and you can play for real money. Only thing could be better is winning first and getting a trip to the PBR final. 
Yeah, for the year-end standings, absolutely. So we're just going to talk about some injuries to monitor for St. Louis. I'm not going to go over the whole injury report here just because it's it's pretty long. Oklahoma City was tough on these guys. So I'm just going to kind of go over some notable ones. We'll just start with riders who got concussions in Oklahoma City. Most of these guys will probably clear protocol, but it's something to monitor because a lot of times they have to test when they get to the building for the next week. So it's not a locked and loaded thing that they will pass that. But your four riders who got concussions in Oklahoma City, Cody Nance, Dalton Castle, Marcos Gloria, and Dalen Swearingen. And I'm really glad that Cody Nance and Dalen Swearingen are only dealing with concussions because both those wrecks were pretty dang scary last week. They sure were. And it's just one of those things, man, when I took a look at Dalen's helmet on Instagram, he posted it, and I've never seen that happen with one of those Hollerdex helmets, but I'm glad he had it on because otherwise it would have been his head. And Cody Nance is just tougher than boot leather. The other notable ones I want to touch on is Brandon Elgrid. They say he has a, he has a left knee sprain, JRV, left growing strain and Denner Barbosa, right growing strain. And we both have touched on this in previous episodes. Those growing injuries for bull riders are not a good thing. They are, they are tricky. They take a long time to heal. And if you try to come back before they're healed up, they just create more problems. So that's some guys I would definitely keep an eye on and maybe think twice about using. I mean, you're just, you just don't know. That's the problem. You aren't going to know until probably the day of. What side did you say JRV pulled? Left. So that's his strong direction. The one he's going to have to get a hold of if they go to the left. Oh, boy. That that could be tough for JRV. And the other notable one I have down is Jess Lockwood. He dislocated his shoulder Friday in Oklahoma City, so he's going to miss some time. I mean, I would assume it'll be probably at least a couple couple weeks, three to six weeks probably. But the one good thing about that is, is that's his riding shoulder. And his riding, if you're going to have shoulder issues, it's a lot better to have it on your riding shoulder than your free arm shoulder. Absolutely. Because your free arm, your pilot, what keeps you aboard the flight, so to speak. So, what are some riders you're going to look for in St. Louis that you're looking to use as far as the fantasy game goes? I, I have written down right off the top Jose Vitor Leme, just because I don't see how he gets blank next weekend. I think he comes back strong. What about you? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, like I told you in the beginning, no matter where they put him, he's in the draw. He's on my team. Another guy I'm really starting to find a lot of faith in is Bob Mitchell. Bob's getting yep. bulls road at every event, and then they're keeping him in tier two. He's a guy I'm going to look at every time, I think. You know, yes, he hasn't maybe found that success in the short round yet, but for a tier two guy that gives you a chance uh, getting to Bulls Road and getting to the short round, I like that about him. What about you? I like that about him too. And as long as they keep him in tier two, I think he'll be worth worth looking at. And you know, obviously they thought a lot of him, Slade Long or whoever it is that creates the tiers, thought a lot of him whenever he first come on tour because he's never been in tier threes. Yeah, with all these injuries, it's really tough to predict who is going to be in and who's going to be out. So your tier three could be, I mean, it could be a lot of different guys. You know, it's just hard to say. Right now we're kind of talking about tier one and tier two guys, and I don't really have much input on tier three just because we don't know who's going to compete. But I will say another guy in tier one 
depending on what happens with JRV's injury status, I got to take a serious look at Eli Vassbinder and Stetson Lawrence. Both those guys have been riding really good. They're both in tier one and they've been getting a lot of bulls road. That's the name of the game. Get multiple scores on the board and let the chips fall where they may. What about those two guys as far as tier one riders, in your opinion? Right now, just right now, nothing against that Lawrence, but just right now, I have more faith in Eli Vassbinder. But yes, if for some reason uh, JRV is not there or just his injury starts to worsen or whatever, to the point where we don't want to pick him because of that, then those are definitely two guys you got to look at if you're wanting to do something different besides pick the same guys that pretty much everybody else is going to pick, which can be a good strategy because if those guys like this last weekend fall off and, again, Stetson and Eli made the whistle, then you're going to get paid and most everybody else isn't. One more thing I'd like to point out before we wrap this up is you're really going to start seeing around this time of the year, in my opinion, it's going to become a war of attrition. They're really going to start getting a lot of events and a lot of bulls thrown at them. Next week, there is going to be... So when you come from St. Louis, they're going to go to Los Angeles midweek for a one-day event and then go all the way out to Little Rock, Arkansas for next weekend. That's a pretty good little stretch there. In a 10-day stretch, they're going to get on a lot of bulls you're going to have to stay healthy. You know, health is going to be a key to this deal. And that's definitely something when you're talking about rank ride fantasy picks that you need to monitor because if these guys are banged up, it's tough for them to recover when they're having to get on that many bulls in that short amount of time. What do you figure, Cape, about six to 10 bulls in, in just next week? Well, I don't know if they're having a bucking battle and st louis or little rock but let's just say that they aren't you're looking at to win st louis you're looking at three bulls to win la since it's one day that brings it up to five and to win little rock that's going to bring it up to eight and if they have a 15 15 at both those places that adds another bull for your top 15 that's a lot of bulls of a lot of really ranked bulls not just a lot of bulls that's a lot of really really ranked bulls that you got to do everything right on and when you don't, there can be consequences for that. So this is going to be a really important stretch as far as these guys staying healthy. But I think that'll about wrap it up. I would just like to say you can find us on social media, from the backpens on Facebook, at from the backpens on Instagram. And my email is Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R, from the backpens at gmail.com. I know we mentioned this already, but you can find Rank Ride at www.rankridefantasy.com, at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram, Rank Ride on Facebook, and Rank Ride TV on YouTube. I would just like to say also that we have some better audio coming. Should be should be better by next week. We got some equipment that we're gonna break out here that'll that'll def- definitely help the quality for sure. James, what are your closing statements for today? Well, the same closing statements I always use because I believe it with all my heart and all my soul. If you don't learn a single thing from this podcast and you're listening, always remember that every day is a gift from God and what you do with it. Quite simply and honestly, that's your gift back to Him. God bless. Coop, the floor is yours, buddy. Thanks, James. Back at you. It's always a pleasure getting to do this with you. 
And thanks for listening, guys. If you would give us a give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, follow, give us feedback, good, bad, or ugly. It's it's all good. We take it. We'll use it. We want to make this as as good as it can be for for everybody listening. But I think that'll be it, guys. Thanks for listening. And until next time, have a good one and come back and visit us again from the back pens. Oh, 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 oh